drinking during business hours. I'm your host, Sarah J. And today is very, very exciting. I have a wonderful, wonderful guest. I actually, I don't know about you all, but I, I actually just opened a wonderful bottle of Pinot Noir that I'm going to share with my guest, a, a new producer. It's called Take Me Home from Willamette, Pinot Noir. And we're, we're going to have a good time with my friend here. Today, I have best-selling author of Total Waste of Makeup, Misery Loves Cabernet, Keep Calm and Carry a Big Drink, There's Cake in My Future, and the book that's on my bedstand right now, Love the Wine You're With, which is really a fun story about a group of friends who open a wine bar in Echo Park. So I don't know if you're seeing the correlation here. We have a little bit of a wine correlation, and without further ado, I give you Kim Grunenfelder. Hi, Kim. Hi. Thank you so much for being here. Thank so, you for having. Oh, you're, I always like to start these things with how we met because we have we have an interesting story. It's really kind of the power of social media, yep. I suppose. Yeah. I um I I'm divorced and I have stayed friends with my ex in laws, and they know that I like to read, and they sent me a book called Misery Loves Cabernet with a really cute note that said this really the cover really reminded us of you. <laughs> 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 and the cover is really enchanting. It's adorable with a little blonde and a bubble bath with the Hollywood sign in the background and a bottle of Cabernet. Yeah. And so I know what they meant. I have a great relationship with my in-laws. I know what they meant. I knew what they meant. They were just, you know, the correlation with the actual yeah. image. Yeah. But I, I posted a, a, the, a photo of myself with the book, with the title. And I said, from my ex-in-laws, what are they trying to say? Whoa, I received like 50 comments from, you know, author friends and and other friends and, oh, what are they trying, what assholes, that is so, are they trying to say you're an alcoholic? Are they trying to say that your shit isn't together? It was just so funny. And meanwhile, I knew, but I hashtagged your name and I hashtagged, you know, the- the, Yeah, hashtag Kim Grunenfelder, that's how. Well, I didn't find you, my kid found you. Oh, okay. Because he- uh, He's way better in social media. I've gotten better, um, but he is much better in social media than I am. I'm very much, my friends will tell you, I, I, on my Facebook page itself, not the fan page, but on the Facebook post itself, I will frequently say how much my life sucks. Well, know, where, um, or how and, confused and, I am. Like I do the opposite of everybody else. Like everybody else has their life together on Facebook. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know where I'm going. Me, with this, meanwhile, you know? like you're, you're living like the true, the true life. I mean, you are a very, very successful author and you don't need to, you know, a lot of people kind of fake their, their world and fake their life on social media. And my I'd impression like of to you hope is so. Because <laughs> otherwise you, like, you everyone is do more it. together It's the people me. who aren't really on it that are yeah. out living and they're doing it, you know? So you're from St. Louis, Missouri. I was born there. Oh, I wasn't there for very okay. long. And then no, we were in New York and then we got here were, when I was seven. So, uh, but I okay. was born you were, there. You were born, My dad's family is there. And your dad was a salesman, if I'm not mistaken. Um, he was, was he? a salesman later. Actually, uh, he was also, he, when I was little, he was a stockbroker and oh, he actually exciting. had his own TV show, like a local TV show back really? before cable and whatever. Oh, yeah. And when my, my, uh, my sister and I, because, you know, uh, Sesame Street was on at that time and something called Romper Room was on at that time. And so he'd come on and we would say, hi, dad. 
And, oh. and like my mother, it's like every single day, my mother, he can't hear you. He cannot that see you. That is so Yes, and sweet dad home. would come home and it would be like, oh, how dare you? I was waving. <laughs> and your mom was a writer my mom was a writer my uh, mom i mean my mom's retired now but but she yeah was, she was a writer um I, I my uncle was an actor my aunt was a costume so you designer my my uh, great grandfather actually was a published novelist okay of several books one of which i have because uh, it's hard to find them but uh one of which i have a friend of mine actually got it for me for a birthday gift a couple of years ago which was pretty cool because there aren't that many copies and it's like this leather bound book and it oh, and I started to read it and I had no so clue precious. what he was talking about. He's way more of an intellectual than I was, but it's still cool to have it. No, very yeah, it must be really um sentimental. I have a um a grandfather whom uh, wasn't a writer, but for whatever reason, he inspired a lot of poets to write about him. Interesting. Isn't it? And yes, and I have those works. Oh, and they just, wow. They mean the world to our family. Yeah. And we, you know, have them framed, the poems, and, you know, uh, my oh, great-grandfather wow. Clark and his dog Barney. And wow. And it still gives me chills. But and, I, I have written, not about every guy I've ever dated, but certainly um, I, I, there, was, there was one book that I wrote uh that um, the guy, I, I didn't even tell him. It was total waste of makeup. And there was one book that I wrote where there is a diss that I write in the book about oh, him. Oh, really? And, I love it. But I just, you know, he's a straight man. I didn't think there was any chance he was actually going to read the book. Uh, only when he, Because you're female-based. Yeah, it's, yes. I write romantic, romantic comedies yes. from a female's point of view. And yes. it's, it's very light and it's very fluffy and... and uh, and fun I, and a very, I mean. So I unapologetically write for women and gay men. Know that and, now. And, and, and I tell you, the the works are unput downable, which I realize is actual, that's an actual word, unput downable. Unput downable? That's yes. Great. Well, I it's, like that much better than funnest. Can we get and, rid of and, funnest oh, and just put unput downable? And you invented a word. I did you, invent, you invent a word. Since we're talking about words, yeah, we might as well just I go invite, there. And I did. Like, okay, so in 2016, you created the word ASEA? ASEA. ASEA. E-C-I-A-H. Yes. Now, do you TM that shit? How does that work? I am in the middle of, you know what? I have lawyers. I have. <laughs> really? Um, yeah. This is yeah. a real deal. Oh, my God. Copywriting this has just been so, and I'm not a lawyer, and it's, it's. I'm sorry to any lawyer who's listening, but this is boring, and it's really good you can do it, because, <laughs> yeah, we're copywriting it, um, uh, the, and the reason why we're copywriting is I, I created a website called ASEA.com in case anyone Asia. wants to write com. or read about it. Mm-hmm. It's E-C-I-A-H.com. And ASEA, um, to let everybody know, ASEA is a moment in your life when everything changes for the better. Um, everything and it, changes for the better. I yeah. like that. And it's, it's nice it's, and positive, it optimistic. It stands for everything changes in a heartbeat. And yes, it Ooh, is. It's optimistic. Heartbeat. And Asiya is not, oh, when my father passed away. Like, no, that is not an No, something positive. Um, yeah, and I needed it actually for the book because um, Jesse, who is the one who wants to buy the bar. Okay, so um, this is, um, this is Love, Love the, the Wine You're With. with. I needed a Just word. released in June. Right, I needed mm-hmm. a word for um, a, a friend of mine and I had talked about um, the, the basically the moment in your life when... when uh, Something happens for the better that maybe you've like been working towards for a long time, 
And I had a friend who was a screenwriter that his ASEA before I made up the word, but his ASEA was he had sold a screenplay and he was perfect and, you know, was, you know, and then moved out here just to be a writer. And he got a phone call from his agent like they bought it. That's and a great suddenly moment. Suddenly he's a writer. Wowza. And he had talked about, you know, the word for the phone call. And um, for me, my biggest ASEA was uh, my pregnancy test, which was two lines. Uh-huh. Yeah, and yeah. that was my moment when everything changed. ASEA. Um, ASEA. Mm-hmm. And, but I created ASEA.com for people to tell their stories. But uh, the website, if you want to see, we divided it into, or I've divided it, uh, into categories. And um, so there's like uh, school and college. There's when you meet the one, when you get married. Uh, babies and adoption and pregnancy, um, travel, because some people, you know, travel really changes their life. Oh, of course. Um, I mean, it, it and really work. forms who you are, I believe. I, yeah. I learned a lot more um, by traveling than I did in school. And I, I recommend every kid right out of high school, I think you should just take a backpack and and go to Europe blindly and yeah. not really have a plan and just uh, to, but have your wits to you, but, but travel, travel the world. Yeah, I, I had a, I was not in high school. I kind of, you know, I went straight to UCLA. I was also 16 when I went off to college. So that, well, you, like, were, that would have been. you were a precocious child. I had read that you skipped two grades. I did skip two grades. And yeah. so Although you, one of them was kindergarten. What was I missing? Really? Well, no, I mean, but. but that's precocious. I mean, to not, I mean, to be able to pass, you know, and, and have that recommendation by the school. Now, is that where, uh, when you started writing screenplays or what came first? No, because, I didn't write screenplays for a long time. Oh, okay. Um, did, no, I I had no desire. I started as an econ major and then I became wow. a history major and my dad was like, what are you going to do? That is that? so funny. Oh yeah. I, I wasn't only women. I wasn't only history. I was women's history. Women's history. Which now I really kind Compelling. of is in its own uh, thing. Like the, I think UCLA now has women's studies and technically mm-hmm. I was just a history major, but that was my focus was women's history. So it kind of makes sense. I write for women. It does make sense um, that, yeah, that yeah. makes a lot of sense. So and yet I have the, a lot of friends who are male. So, and, and did that come, so what came first or, or how did you, was it your mother's influence as a writer? No. Or? Well, I mean, I, I grew up in a family, not just mom, but mom's family. I grew up in a very artistic family in some ways. And so I do think like that was my background. So when Mm -hmm. I decided to write, I didn't, um, I'm trying to figure out, there are a lot of people that are told, well, you can't do this. Oh yeah. And their parents almost everyone. (laughs) Yeah. And their parents just, well, you you can't be a writer. You can't be an actor. You you can't be, you know, a director. You can't be um, and it's a bad idea. It's going to be just hard. a bad idea, but also like they don't necessarily even know what a lighting designer does or what a gaffer does. So if they're not you, familiar with they're it, not they're not familiar gonna... with it. Right. So the fact that I grew up, um, you know, knowing that there were people who did this for a living that gave me an art is very hard and getting your stuff out there is very hard, but it did give me an advantage. And then I knew it was possible. Somebody has a job writing. So it might as well be me. Right. And my mom's not the only writer. My aunt's also a writer. My cousin is now a writer. Um, I, if other people are doing it, so can you. Yes. That's somebody's my doing philosophy. It. Exactly. If people are doing it, and if they're doing it successfully, yeah, I mean, what, then, then somebody's going to do it. You, you have, have a 50 per, My dad used to say, you have a 50% shot because it's either going to you or the other guys. That's so, right. You know, none of the other people matter. They didn't, yeah. didn't. So you have your 50% shot. And, um, and I did acting training actually right out of college. And, uh, some of the actors who I trained with 
went on to become famous actors and make a lot of money. I'm sure they had something I didn't, which was they were actually good at acting. <laughs> but here's I the didn't thing. know that you did that. You did. Oh my God. I, I was, I and I was about terrible. Oh my God. I was terrible. <laughs> and you, and I would, because also I would read scripts and, and, or we'd be, we'd be doing some of the exercises and, in my mind, I want to be controlling the world. I want to be controlling the characters. And the other actors, when they would train, they were very good at breaking down, no, this is my one character, and this is what they want from the scene, and, and this is what they want to, from their lives, and this into, is their back. And yes. they're all about the one character. Right. Whereas I've got nine in my head. I can't possibly focus so, on this little one who, wow, oh my God, and she's an got an accent. I'm not doing that. Such an indicator yeah. that uh, so you that, are, you belong that on the I was other a writer. side. And, right. and also that, that, um, that that's okay. You know, it's okay to want to be in the audience. Um, you know, it's, uh, I briefly did stand up, which I'd forgotten until I was you going. You never told me you briefly That's because I forgot. Up. I totally forgot. I, one of, the, one wow. of the love letters I found, I'm somebody made a this. comment about my stand up and I, I just said, oh my God, that I think everyone, I hated that. But that's good. I think Everyone should do a three-minute mic at some oh, point an in open their lives. mic. Oh, it's an hell. open mic, but for yeah. just three minutes, just because it will really alleviate. I think a lot. To, to me, there's nothing scarier. I mean, you could maybe swim with sharks, maybe skydiving. I'm not. I, I actually swam with sharks earlier this year. So maybe oh, okay. stand up, going it's, back to stand up. But I've already done stand up. But it sucked. But and it's I was kind of in the same it. realm, uh, you know, is it not? Yeah. Like in, uh, in terms of fear, and I just think that alle- you know, when you when you get past that, yeah. yeah. It's just a tremendous catharsis. Well, that's true. And, and and then you'll never get nervous again, or you'll never get nervous for it, things that may, you know, they everything else just seems yeah. A well, the smaller. public speaking, yeah, public speaking isn't yes. nearly so bad. If exactly. You've done an open night, Mike Knight, where you know, at the time, all the guys were talking about sex and blowjobs and whatever. Oh, now it's changed, my friend. Oh, it's if gotten I hear worse. One more dick joke. I was going to say it's gotten worse. I have two friends who are women in their forties who, um, both of them very successful in the entertainment industry, more successful than me. And they've both decided to go uh, back into stand-up or into stand-up now that the kids are a little bit older and they can do that. And it just, one of them was talking about if one more 25-year-old introvert makes a joke about how his girlfriend loves anal sex, I'm going to hurt someone. Oh, and I it's mean, like, wow, it's gotten even worse than when it I did is. it. It's, wow. it's really bad. I mean, especially the open mics. And we all have to do it because we're trying out new material. Because you're trying out new material. You have to. You, you kind of have to. And yeah. it's like working out. It's like going to the gym because it's a muscle. Yeah. And But sitting there and listening to all these jo- and And now, granted, I have, I've had some doozy jokes. My material isn't perfect, and I bomb just like everybody else. You know, right? I, I try not to bomb. Every well, that's time, but that's you know, the whole point of the standup is is you're doing you're you're seeing what's funny, you're seeing what's not funny. But, uh, but I had forgotten about that. That's I, really that was, cool. It was in one I, of those letters where basically an ex said, you know, so when you're on Carson, and like I said, he's he's a Facebook friend of mine, and I wrote like I didn't even remember that. Oh my! And he wrote back and said, and he he's not he's not in the business at all, and he doesn't live in Los Angeles, and he's very sweet. Um, but he said, um, "No, you should. You should still do stand up." And I thought, "There's no fucking way. There's that would be insane." And I'm texting him about, "No, these you know these other two friends are doing it." And then, but I was, I was glad that I did it, and I was glad that I, I did uh, acting training too, because yeah. part of. Being in your early twenties is figuring out what doesn't work for you and and who you are. Yeah, and you're growing into yourself, and acting definitely helps. Yeah, because and, you and have the training to really help because as a writer, you you do like I I mean I, I, with my books, I still do that. I'll still go through a, a chapter 
breaking down a character sometimes into like, well, what does she want in this scene? Does she even know what she wants in this scene? Well, I was going to ask, how do you research for your, you know, your characters? I mean, you're, um, they're very intricate characters and, you know, the love the wine you're with, for example, it's really exact. Like you kind of know your shit. And I mean, I'm I'm in the wine business and I was actually really impressed. I mean, you did your research. Thank you. I did do my research. I did. That was actually, that was both fun research and I would end up down rabbit holes. Um, and, but you and I have talked about, like, I learned more about my palate before we were on the air when I was talking to her, uh, I learned more about my palate Mm -hmm. and I learned, um, like I got less apologetic about my palate because my palate's very like never forward and young It's wines. subjective. There's no wrong or right it, on your well, palate. And that was a big thing yeah. that was sort of repeated over and over again when I was doing my research is it's okay if you don't like the 15 year Cabernet that tastes like cow dung. Lots of people don't. And That's right. They, because my husband likes, you know. I love the cow dung personally. But yes, but yes, but it's not for everyone. It's not. And you know Skunk, what I'm Skunk, cat pee, pee barnyard. Yes, it's yeah, not, I it's, don't know the it's cat my, pee I, just, I want to roll in it. But yeah, it's not for everyone. I'm like a dirty dog. I don't know. As I, you know, but yeah. So you, you have more of a new world. I do. I have Mm -hmm. new world. So you probably like this wine. I do like this wine. Okay, good, good. Um, I do like the new world, even within the champagnes. I apparently like what's more of the new world and the, the, my taste buds are more, you know, I don't know how to describe it, but like, yeah, like I, I, I prefer even with the champagnes, I prefer like the Vaucliquots and things like mm-hmm, that. And, mm-hmm. and I the, the, the true champagne. The, yeah. yeah. Um, but um, I, you know, I also like California sparkling wine. So that's, you know, very new. But I, I stopped Some apologizing those California sparkling wines are fantastic. Oh my God. I mean, yeah. they're really, really good. And they have true chef de caves that are managing those vineyards yep. and, you know, directly Absolutely. from champagne. And Absolutely. they're making it the exact same way they make in champagne. The second fermentation is in the bottle. Like, it's, it's no joke. Exactly. And uh, the only difference is, you know, it's not champagne. It's and not, It's right. just not, you know, but it's a lot cheaper than champagne. So what the hell? Particularly here. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you know, that's the other thing. I was in uh, Cleveland and and Pittsburgh and a few other places uh, earlier in the summer, and the California sparkling wines are almost the same as the French champagnes in certain places because you still have to pay to ship both, and you still have to pay the fees and the tariffs. Right, right. That's that's a good um, point. So it sort of reminded me that you know if I get a twenty dollars sparkling wine here from California, that that's okay because you know it's it's more somewhere yeah, else in the country that we right. are really lucky in California we have stuff but so I did do we, the research um and and uh, I make a I make some jokes about the character Jesse always wanting the exact same wine right um but in my mind that was because she found a wine she liked and she doesn't know anything about wine so she's just going to order the same wine over and over again whereas the other two actually know about wine so that allowed me to uh, and we do some research characters. and also yeah. um, and make jokes about uh, at one point, um, Jesse meets a, a wine rep named Giovanni and mm-hmm. she's describing it to Natasha's uh, him to Natasha. And she said, he's so cute. I just drank white wine. Which like, <laughs> Wait, you all right. I got to see what this that guy looks like. Because, that definitely made me laugh. Yeah, yeah. because I know, I, I know people who are like that. Um, sure. As and, do I. Yeah. You know. Um, you just go along with anything, you know? Um, right. I remember one day, you know, or somebody, they'll, they'll, oh, I'm sorry. Tell uh, oh no. I just remember this, you know, this really cute guy asked me out on a date. He said, well, do you rollerblade? I said, yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, had never rollerbladed in my life. <laughs> 
Okay, that's yeah, even worse than some yes I do's. Disastrous yeah. date, disastrous. But yes, we all know those characters that would just go along with it. And, oh yeah, you know, <laughs> I'm oh, yeah. one of them. I'm one of them. I and I still do. I live in a house of men, so you know I'll still say. Oh, Whatever sure, I love Roger too. Waters. Right. That'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> Although now I, I have a teenager, so fortunately I can send him with my husband. I don't know how you do friends. it. You're the everything woman. So <laughs> what, so how long does it take to write? You know, because so many people, and it's even, a, you know, an aspiration of mine as well. I would, I would love to publish a, a novel. And so many people say that that's, you know, I, I've heard so many say that they, that's their dream, that they would love to become a writer, a published author. I, I have heard and, that but you've too. Actually, that has meant, been mentioned. But, oh, but And like a lot of people say they want to be a comedian when I tell yeah. them what I do. And, yeah. and I'm like, well, just go to an open mic see if you can stand up there for three minutes and let me know how that but works. If you can, <laughs> and if, if you, you can. like it, and, and if, if you, you're okay with it. That, to me, that's yeah. part of the thing about standups is there's a certain <clears throat> love for the, for the storytelling or the jokes and the being on stage that if you're willing to pay all of the open mic nights, I don't mean like paying the $5 or whatever, but if you're willing to go through that, it's because you found a calling, you found a love yes, there that yes. requires a hell of a lot of work. Yes. But you found it. Yes. So good for you for finding it. Yeah. Um, no, absolutely. And I, I feel like with uh, novels, it's it's similar to the open mic night. Um, a novel, first of all, is a lot harder to do than a screenplay. It takes a lot longer. Okay. How long? Um, that is a good question. And, and that's it with really the research. It varies from person to person. And, and, and you're so thorough and detail oriented with the research that I had wondered if that would take most of the chunk of time. It The research, well, okay, Love the One You're With was a little bit different for me because um, my father passed away. Uh, a little bit before Keep mm. Calm and Carry a Big Drink came out. I'm sorry. Um, thank you. Uh, and I didn't write for a while after that. And um, mm-hmm. that's understandable. And yeah, it was, I just didn't get it done. So I mm-hmm. didn't, I didn't have a book come out for like three years. And I was very lucky in that I have an agent who is amazing. And I had, uh, I, my editor, Jen Weiss at St. Martin's was amazing. And mm-hmm. I missed my deadline a couple times. And I sent one email that was very well thought out where I just said basically, thank you all. I totally understand. Thank you for standing by me. It's not going to get done. But thank you. And just, and I you're think I only wonderful. said, yeah, you're great. Thanks for standing by me. I'd really like to get fired now. Cupcakes and for everybody. Exactly. And I don't think I actually sent it to my editor. I think I just sent it to my agent, Kim, but it was like very well thought out. And it took me a day or two to write the email, which also Kim is now a friend of mine. So she would have been like, bitch, what the fuck? What are you doing? But I just wrote this whole thing about, you know, so I think it's time to just be done being a writer or whatever. Oh. And she just wrote this one sentence like, nice try, finish the fucking book. Uh, and that was it. And it was, which is exactly what I needed to hear. Exactly I was like, you, I'm not letting this go. Needs, you know? What every artist needs. Yeah. And, wow. Uh, and, and she was right. <laughs> and she was absolutely right. That. Because it was, and I still remember <laughs> staring at it as like, I spent days on that email. I get one sentence back. She doesn't even like, and like me within, anymore. Within three minutes, like right away. Like, come on. Yeah. Finish. Um, and I don't know if that's I, fantastic. I think she'd be okay. My agent is Kim Whalen and she, uh, is Excellent. amazing. Excellent. Um, 
and handles huge people and, and you know. And you. And yeah, me. I mean, well, thank no, you. No, hey, I mean, I, I'm just so impressed that you have so, I mean, you're very young to have all of these works. And you, you're, you know, this, um, the accolades are through the roof. And the, the first. I'm really lucky with that, I You have, have to really say. amazing accolades. I've, I've got And you a have a big people. following. And uh, a, t- a Total Waste of Makeup was published in how many languages? Uh, I think it's eight. Ah, let's Don't hear the I'm gonna wine being pour poured. A more One Noir. of my favorite. I'm listening sounds. intently, but I just I can't let anyone in my studio go thirsty. So. I, you're a good hostess. <laughs> I was once Cheers, called a glass filler, and I decided that was a compliment. Uh, that, yes, that is a compliment. At the time, it was not said that way, but I don't care. Yeah, well, because apparently one of my friends was Mm. trying to count her drinks and she got really drunk. And the other one said, well, you can't count your drinks at Kim's house. She's a glass filler. The minute it's like down a half or a third, she fills your glass. I have that habit too as a host. Yeah, but they said, I understood what she was saying. It was was an insult, but not exactly, but just sort of like. like, More of a backhanded compliment. Exactly. More (laughs) of a, I'm just saying have Uber on speed dial is all I'm telling you. If you're going to be at Kim's house, you're going to want to lift home. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. Party at Kim's. In college, we used to make (laughs) jokes about the key bowl because the key bowl had nothing to do with switching. It just had to do with drop your keys in the bowl because you're not driving because you're here. Yeah, those are the best parties, Find the cute guy to take you home or you're on the couch, but you're not staying. You're not driving. (laughs) No, it's Um, good. Which I still remember. I think it was my mom. Either my mom or my dad. My mom taught me a lot. Did she? Actually. She won an Emmy award for writing. She correct? did for yeah. Jeopardy. Yeah, for, for Jeopardy. Jeopardy. Yeah, she did. That's just. Uh, you know, and that was that, actually the first writing job that, I that ever was had. First, the first. Yeah. Un, well, it was it was kind of unofficial. I wrote uh, for part of the teen tournament. That's um, exciting. And that was how I got my start writing. Actually, oh, okay. Was so I that's went where it started, into. I was a PA at Jeopardy. Um, okay. My senior year in college, so I was nineteen, and. Um, and they were doing a teen tournament and, uh, well, they had already done a teen tournament, but, but they were doing one and everybody else there was in their thirties and forties. And they were writing in my mind, kind of vaguely offensive out of touch questions. Cause it was like, okay, nobody cares about popcorn from 1967 or whatever it was. <laughs> I remember, uh, so I went into, I, I now think about this story by the way, and I'm horrified, but I, at 19 went into the showrunner and said, um, and it was not Writers Guild at the time, so it's always very confusing. Like, did I write? Did I not? Because it was not Writers Guild at the time. But um, I said, uh, "I'm the only teenager here, and I want to write some categories." And he basically was like, "Okay." I said, "All right, I'm coming back Fantastic. tomorrow." And I was teenager. Yeah, I, I yeah like and it. I went on, and I was like I said, I was in college at the time, but I went and I got the because we used to write on index cards, and they were different colors depending on the type of category you had. Okay. And the first category I ever did was a word play, which was a yellow card, and it was boys. Which oh, there's not a person perfect. who knows me that isn't like yeah. And sure. at 19, I mean, yeah, and I was, I, I still remember. Um, I still remember part of the category. I remember when it first showed up on the air, my roommates, like we so all exciting. got gathered around the TV so to watch Jeopardy exciting. at seven thirty. Yeah. But I mean, we were, we were, uh, so that was, that was my first, it was unofficial. Cause like I said, Jeopardy wasn't writer's guild then, but it was my first thing where that I was, saw something I did on the air. And it was, uh, I still remember it was the beastie boys and the lost boys and, uh, the boy wonder. Cause I made a Batman joke. Uh, Oh, so that's the stand-up in you. Beach Boys. 
And Boy George, I think, were the five. Okay, yeah. Um, so when you so you research, um, and it, but what would you say is like the total time? What what was the oh writing so the, the first, book? Yeah, so total the first ways to make book. Up, well, I what, think first of all, it takes first of all it takes as much time as it takes because I mean there are a hundred different answer. types of books out there. I think that is the perfect answer. I'm gonna <laughs> use that moving forward. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and remind because, me of it when yeah, there are days when it, I'm in the middle of. It of, takes as long as it takes. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, this is art. For your this first is line. yes, because unless because that's you the have, launch of your of you. It's you know, this is the per, the exactly. first taste of you. And also, no one's waiting for you. No one's giving you an advance. Yes. no one's uh, bugging you for for your next thing. In my case, I'm on book six, so it can't take as long as it takes because there are some people who have some opinions yeah it's about different that. right right um different game now. but it does but the it's, first one yeah um it's and it's a little like open mic nights in that when you start writing what you're writing initially is crap mm. and the big thing that professional writers know and we know it in uh, we don't know instinctively because we had to learn how to do it but you talk to other writers and that can be screenwriters comedians novelists, uh, nonfiction writers. And you know, the first thing you're doing is going to be crap. It's it. And it's a constant, I have to constantly remind myself of that, that it's okay if it's bad. Um, like I'm in the middle of accidentally rewriting the first half of my book right now. And I'm, I'm just in accidentally that, like, rewriting. Well, well what <laughs> I happened was I got the first half of the book done and then I went on vacation and did various things and I kind of have forgotten where I am in it. So I thought, Oh, I'll just read through a little to see what I did. And once you start reading through, you start rewriting. So I, I actually, know. yes, I heard or read somewhere that you should never reread your material. You should just get through it. If you're writing, is you that should. true? Okay. You should. And I did it wrong, but I do everything wrong. You're also supposed to know your ending. And I've never, you, even when I do know my endings of books, they never end the way I mean for them to. So what's the point? Do you, you know? start with an outline or I don't. Okay. Um, particularly total waste of makeup was autobiographical in a lot of ways. And so I had no ending because I didn't know what I was doing with the book. I'd been doing screenwriting for years and I just had my baby and mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. I just decided I don't want to do screenwriting for a while because the particular type of screenwriting I was doing was I was trying to write spec scripts for movies mm. and I was writing romantic comedies from a female's point of view, which mm -hmm. is one of those things that uh, nobody really wants to buy. They want to go hmm. to a meeting with you and it's gotten better, but um it, it's gotten better, but there's still a lot of sexism that oh, goes on that, absolutely. you know, I, I yes. hate talking to men about it sometimes because yeah. they don't acknowledge it. Well, they sometimes. don't know. And they don't understand because they're a very men. quiet yeah. kind of sexism. Mm -hmm. So that's the other uh, thing is like, uh, there was, there was one year when I was told a couple of times, well, they're not reading women right now. That doesn't happen anymore. Like that I'd almost prefer. Because then you know where you stand with any development person is, you know, well, they're not reading women. All right. Well, then I'm out, you know, um, whereas yeah. now they're reading women. Now we're considered protective class within the Writers Guild. But now, you know, hmm. people are saying like, yay, 26 percent of the Writers Guild is now women. Yay for us. It's like that's still three to one. Wow. And that exact and it's better than it has been. But, you know, yes. that's still three to one. That's right. great odds it at a cocktail. <laughs> I love those odds. Even though it's a bunch of anti-social writers, so we have that, but it's still better odds. Um, 
So I decided I was going to, I decided I was tired of writing these spec scripts because what would happen is I was successful enough that I would get to go to 30 meetings and get a lot of free bottled water, but not so much <laughs> successful enough to be selling anything. So I, I told hmm. my um, film agent at the time, I, I want to write a book. And she said, okay, go do that. Now I just had a baby. I don't know why I thought I could do that in like three or four months, but screenplays well, tend to take you know, three or four months. So I was like, all right. Ambitious. It took me a year and a half to get through the first draft. And okay. then I had to rewrite it several times. So, um, Ooh, that I, has to, now when you rewrite, is it because uh, you receive notes? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, um, and it, this very much depends on the person and, and how much you've already sold. And if, if you're first time or not, um, the first rewrites, are done by, I would give it to some writer friends and they would say, well, this is working and this isn't working. And I've been a screenwriter for years. So, I mean, people were honest about what was working and, knew, and what wasn't. Right. Yeah. Um, and then I went out and looked for an agent and my way of looking for an agent, because New York agents are totally a different group than LA agents. And usually nobody even knows each other. And so I just told everyone I knew I was looking for an agent and that eventually worked. Um, but I, I, mean, I threw out the net. I was like, anybody I knew, I was like, I'm looking for a lit agent. Uh, but I like that you did that because I actually go I, I, the more introverted route and I'm just like a, a good old fashioned snail mail. I just looked up agents and, I, and, and that's, how, that, that's how, that's how I got my agent. That's how I got my manager. It's interesting. It too. And but I kind of like your no way with network. I don't know. You might have the correct answer there because it's networking. I think friends... I think they can help you a little more, they, you know, well, but. And, and what's amazing was the, the woman who ended up helping me, she got back to me a couple months later. That's the other thing. Lit agents are different from uh, screenplay agents that you okay. take a few months to get back to you. Oh. So don't take that personally because mm -hmm. they have mm -hmm. tons of books. They literally, you know, I want to say they literally have a pile. It's not a pile anymore, but they have an iPad with lots and lots of files. <laughs> um, and uh, so she got back to me and she said, here are my notes. And I said, okay, I'll give me a month or two. And I found out from her later that she was surprised that my attitude, because she knew I was a first time writer, that she was surprised my attitude was, oh, okay. All right. Well, she thought you, know. you were going to cry. Well, I guess a lot of times first time up. writers get, uh, they give up, they yeah. get defensive. They, you can't do that. And, and, and I understand. they're married to their ideas because they're, they're, they're creators. Yeah. And yeah. The, or they're married to, um, you know, but this really happened. Okay. Mm. Well, it's not interesting that way. Yes. So anyway, so I, I rewrote. So in my case, you know, you go through the first round of notes, listen to your friends. If they give you real notes, if, if you want to write a screenplay, I mean, not a screenplay, I'm sorry. If you want to write a novel mm -hmm. and you're giving it to your friends and they give you honest feedback, that's a gift. And don't get defensive. Of course, you're going to get a little defensive, but try not to get defensive because what they're telling you is not that you can't write. What they're telling you is what they're not hearing or what they're confused about or what they're missing. That's a gift. People who give real notes are giving gifts. Mm. Um, so that's the it's first round. It's a lot of time to, to give notes because that means that they actually took the time to read your shit work. To read it <laughs> and to think about what worked and yeah. to think about what didn't. And so that you get your first round from your friends. You'll get a round or two from an agent. The agent's notes usually have much more to do with how am I going to sell this and how am I going to pitch it? Because that's their job. That's, and that's their objective. I, I love my agent. She loves involved. me. But yes, yeah. she's a salesman. That's yeah. what she's doing. Yeah. So she's giving me a note. Um, like right now, I, I for the first time, I'm writing a, a book about uh, women in their 40s. And thank you. She, 
<laughs> for anyone who's I listening, yeah, I'm in my forties. <laughs> she talks about how young I am for because what I've right accomplished. Now, I'm in their thirties. I'm getting fucking sick of it. I know they're all forty and thirty-one. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah. No, I. I'm just kidding. Yeah. But they, no, they're but thirty-two. Entertaining through a midlife crisis. Entertaining so, oh as hell. Let me tell you, your characters are so entertaining. Your works are so entertaining, and um, I'm having so much fun. But we're we're running out of time. Okay. And I just wanted to. Uh, I just wanted to ask where can our listeners find your works? Where can they order okay, them? Well, they can go to Asia.com if they okay. want to read Asia.com. about uh, people's essays about things that change their life. So if they want to be inspired a little, that's E-C-I-A-H.com. Uh, and from my books, you can get them from your local bookstore. You can also, the bookstore will order them if, if you want to do like the back catalog is Total Waste of Makeup, Misery Loves Cabernet. I'm going to read these all to you, obviously. No, please do. Uh, there's please Cake do. in My Future and Keep Calm and Carry a Big Drink. And those can all be ordered at the bookstore. You can get all of them on Amazon. You can get all of them via uh, iBooks or Amazon's Kindle. Phenomenal. Um, and more Phenomenal. than half of my sales actually come from those, which sort of surprised me that everybody's on their iPad. Um, and then, you know, Barnes and Noble has it. Fantastic. Um, oh, Target made, uh, love the wine you're with was one of their emerging author book of the month books of the month. So, uh, but that was two months ago. So I don't that's know fantastic, have Kim. That's kind of huge. I, I have been, that's kind of a really lucky. big deal. Yeah. Thank you. I've been insanely wow. lucky with Target. They have made me a book of the month. Oh, they've made me a book of the month in wow. some way or another all five times. Congratulations. I've been insanely what? lucky with that. Wow. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah, that that's was, really uh, big. That I'm, I, well, that's I've really... been so lucky with them. It's like, Okay, who do I know at Target that I'm this lucky? <laughs> but but well, yeah, so Target just, has, I don't know if they You're will. just good. You're just well, good. You're yeah. very, very talented. And my next You're, book will be called Hangovers and Hot Flashes, provided I finish it. I love that title. Thank and you. Will you come back to Drinking During Business Hours to talk about hangovers and hot flashes? I will. My agent, Kim Whalen, came <laughs> up with the title. And, nice, uh, nice flow to yeah, both of And I just need to finish writing it is the thing. <laughs> and you will because you finish with all of the above. Uh, you, you know, you're a doer. You're Thank a doer. You. And that's, you know, that's the key to being an artist is finishing a project. That was that's, where, yeah. And, that can and be the get biggest. get your notes and yes. be sure really re- recap every it's going to start out as crap it's going to need to get fixed it takes as long as it takes it takes as long listen as it takes. to notes go back to it don't quit that's don't the biggest quit. thing it's like open don't mic quit. nights in the sense don't quit yeah if you really want to do this don't quit and it's going to get you don't want to do it then please quit because god knows you could be doing something that would make you happier be happy but if it's your calling don't quit if it's gonna hurt a little bit make sure it's your passion absolutely yeah Absolutely. Kim, thank you for being here. You are very welcome. It's such, I'm going to finish my wine. No, we're going to finish this. Absolutely. Take, take me <laughs> home. Because I can only have a few sips I, and then it's like, oh, I don't want to We're, we're like your characters and love the wine you're with. So you heard it, listeners. And please buy the books. I need to not have a real job. <laughs> I can't have a real job. The books are unputdownable. Look that up. <laughs> and while you're looking it up, look up Asiya. Thanks for listening to this week's Drinking During Business Hours. I'm Sarah J. You can follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Sarah J. Halstead. And if you liked this episode, please give us a rating on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you really liked it, make sure you tell a friend and every single family member. 